Okay, but should we talk about uh, Vladimir and his recent? That's the question. Do I have people not... want to hear us talk about cheating again. Absolutely. Welcome back, everybody, to another C Squared podcast episode. We are uh, just uh, finishing with uh, the St. Louis Rapid and Blitz and about to start the Sinkfield Cup. Fabi, a great event for you. You've won it. Uh, came from behind in the Blitz portion. It was um, quite an incredible display of your uh, uh, improving Rapid and Blitz skills. <laughs> Are you trolling me or something? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I guess so. Look, I'm, I'm oh, just was, trying to be a good redditor. Yes, yes. No, it was a good, um, a good performance, I guess, overall. But a little bit lucky. I didn't really do anything spectacular. Just things worked out. And I guess that's sometimes how it works. Like, this is what I, I once had this discussion on Twitter. Like, what's luck in chess? I mean. People who mostly don't play chess, I think, on Twitter. Actually, a lot of people who I know don't play chess because they were like, I'm not a chess player, but I know that chess is purely a skill-based game. So, of course, chess is a skill-based game, but that doesn't mean that there's elements of luck involved in performing uh, well in chess. Yeah, especially when it comes to short time controls, right? I think in general. I, I can give many examples. The thing is, when I say luck, I don't mean that people are lucky or unlucky. It's just that luck comes and goes, but certainly in one game or in one tournament, there are elements of luck. And one element of luck could be that your opponents play badly, not against you, but in general, that they're just not running away with it. Uh, if, if one guy is winning all their games, then you obviously have to play better to be able to win a tournament, right? Yeah. Like, let's say Magnus in, uh, in Poland and Croatia. Zagreb. Yeah, Zagreb. He won nine out of nine. So... Let's assume that you don't lose to him, so you draw. So he scores eight and a half out of nine. That means that you have to win all your games to keep up with him. Of course, there's some luck in that you don't want your your competitors to win all their games, right? You can't control their results except against you. Other elements of luck are we were talking about the Sinkfield Cup tournament, right? We we did the video series. Yep. Uh, when you get your preparation every game, it's an element of luck. This is simply undeniable that it's better to get your preparation than not and you can't control what your opponent what openings your opponents play so this this is all i i mean by luck in chess for me luck in this tournament was that in a situation where my opponent had to win and was winning he made a very trivial blunder in a winning position and i won the tournament directly as a consequence of that which one was that which game uh, are you talking about I don't know, the last game. Because, of course, previous games you can debate lucky, unlucky. But the last game is the one which uh, there's nothing after that. So The last game against MVL, right? Yeah, yeah. If he had won, that's it. He wins the tournament, I get second. I draw or I win, I win the tournament, and he gets either second or... If if he loses, then he gets lower than second. And with only a draw needed, you actually played quite an aggressive line this... uh d5 idea a4 and where did you feel like you were lost in this one well i was lost before he played rookie two i had blundered my all the okay way. i had already gotten outplayed yes i was down upon in a drawn ending 
I missed some, we both missed some simple tactics like rook to a3 after bishop e3, a very simple tactic. We were both down to a few seconds, so it's of course a little bit of randomness gets mm -hmm. in once you're down to seconds, you know, you can't survey the whole board, so you just kind of play on instinct and try not to flag. <laughs> so we were both blundering, mm -hmm. but if he had moved his rook anywhere besides e2, he keeps his rook, he doesn't lose it, and objectively he's winning. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now his chances to win are probably ninety to ninety-five percent under those circumstances, but it's a pretty serious chance. I mean, I wouldn't give myself more than a five to ten percent chance of holding that position. Yeah, that rookie two was absolutely crazy. Uh, I mean, I would assume he was probably rook to e four is the best, just because king d five you have rook d four. Um, it's I, all the I, same. Rook f three, rook h three, rook e four. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yep basically just forcing the king to go to d3. What was his reaction? At that point, I was driving. I was coming to St. Louis. Um, I don't remember exactly why, I think, for the closing dinner. But what was he, his reaction when he played rookie 2? What was your reaction as well when he played rookie 2? Okay, so what happened was he picked up the rook, placed it on e2, and dropped it for about uh, half a second. Yes. And barely noticeably, I didn't even notice it. He picks it back up, and then he pauses for a little bit. I didn't know that he had dropped it. He wasn't 100% sure, but he felt that he dropped it. So uh, since once you drop a piece, you must place it there, he he felt that he had dropped it, and he placed it there and accepted that he was not winning this game anymore. And then out of, in, out of curiosity, the video replay was checked after, and he did indeed drop the piece for the slightest of moments, realizing his mistake after, but it was too late. And it was very sportsmanlike of him, of course, to not try to, uh, you know, pretend that he had never released the piece. I'm not sure I would have caught it. And if I hadn't, I actually, I don't think I would have caught it. The game would have continued, and I'm not sure what happens after that. Because then we get into some, like, let's say I lose, and then someone tells me, oh, he actually dropped the piece, and then we get into this gray area which in which the arbiters get involved, and I, I'm not sure what happens. But... Do you appeal at that point? Do you file an appeal? Well, the thing is, so I spoke to Chris Bird, the arbiter, and he said that he noticed it. So I'm I'm not sure if he's obliged to step in or not. But if he steps in, we don't have this issue. If he doesn't step in, then I believe the result would probably stand Got as it. a loss for me. Got it. But, but okay, I, I guess the first question is, if he doesn't play Rook to E2, let's say, okay, he dropped it, but you did mention that you didn't notice it. Uh, or at least it wasn't clear to your mind. And obviously in the heat of the battle, you have four seconds, he has seven seconds. He plays something else. He plays rook f3 or rook h3, whatever. Do you stop the clock at that point? What was, what do you feel oh, your instinct would have been? Would you have stopped the clock or would you just continue the game? I don't think I noticed it. So I don't think I would. If I had stopped the clock, then of course we would check the video replay and, and the, the move would stand. Because it's pretty clear. I, I even was sent a photo of it after, just out of interest. <laughs> by the photographer and uh and it's very clear his hand is no longer on the piece but in the heat of the moment you you kind of don't see these things so clearly um you maybe you see it from the side but like when you're kind of concentrated on the game you don't see it so clearly yeah yeah so to be honest i'm not sure what would have happened but luckily i didn't have to deal with that yeah and he was uh i mean maxim is a very fair player i have to say he's uh, uh in all senses i think a very fair player so uh, he didn't even try to you know 
even though he wasn't 100 percent sure that that he had released the piece but he didn't try to um uh to play on yeah yeah because of course when he plays rookie two he understands the result is is over i'm not losing this position i can't yeah so he accepted that it was going to be a draw with that move and just to um, make it very clear to everybody, with a win, he would have, in fact, won the tournament. Uh, he would have uh, leapfrogged you in the standings and win the tournament with a draw. In fact, um, you took clear first. A lot of players, in fact, only one point behind you, half a point in, um, if you count the rapid as one point, half a point, but still one point in the standings, Lequang, Yan, and uh, MVO in uh, sharing second third and fourth place so uh very highly contested i have to say tournament i haven't seen such a highly contested tournament with so many players having chances going into the final round in a long time um especially in rapid and blitz well, generally not, not somebody's running away nobody had chance for first going into final round besides the two of us except mvo yeah yeah but going into the final day it looked like maxime was a like 90 percent favorite with ali reza uh, Netbo and myself having some share of the remaining chances. I'm trying then, to remember. Was he two points ahead? Two points. And Maxime is also a very good blitz player. So, of course, you would expect that a two-point gap, very hard. And I wouldn't have guessed I would be the one to to bridge this gap because I, normally I would think that uh, the guys who can like really run away with blitz games, probably like Ali Reza is one of the only ones because he has demonstrated an ability to do so. And I can play decently but not often. I can think of one occasion where I ran away with. I, I scored eight and a half out of nine in one blitz day in the Grand Chess Tour. But this is a rare occurrence for me. I, I'm like I, I I usually perform fine, but nothing out of this world. Not Ali Reza or sometimes he caught. Well, obviously Magnus. We understand he he won nine games in a row in one of these events. Nakamura, of course, sometimes also uh, runs away with things. But. Uh, Probably if you ask people, I wouldn't be among the players that you would expect. And I didn't run away with it. It's just that Maxime had a bad day, right? Mm -hmm. It was just mm -hmm. minus two. He yeah. didn't play well. Yeah, minus two for Maxime. Um, and we know how good of a Blitz player, in fact, in most of these competitions, in most of these Rapid and Blitz events, he's always uh, on the top, fighting for top positions. Definitely, um, very rarely do we see him with a minus score, even in, you know. Well, plus five um, the previous day. Right. Plus five, ridiculous. Plus right. five is an amazing score, of course. I, I think a, a good day is plus, a very good day is plus four. Plus five is already plus three. This field, good day. Very, very, yeah, plus five is just ridiculous. My um, best was eight and a half out of nine in one of these days, which maybe it was eight out of nine, but uh, in Poland, Poland, Warsaw, twenty twenty two. I remember that. And I got fourth place. That's the thing. I scored plus ten. I got fourth place. What is this? <laughs> this is not fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, great result for you. In fact, with this result, not only that you're winning the St. Louis Rapid and Blitz, but you're also getting a lot of points uh, towards the Grand uh, Chess Tour standings, final standings. And it does seem highly likely right now that you're probably going to win um, the Grand Chess Tour. Obviously, there's still a slight possibility that you won't, but um, your chances are looking pretty good. Well, they've calculated it. It's ninety nine point four percent chance. Yeah, and by if you look at the ratings, I think Alireza has zero point four percent, and I think MVL has zero point two percent or something like that. Yeah, everyone um, else is mathematically out of it, I believe. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, don't fuck it up, I guess. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I don't even know how that happens. No, no, okay. But yes, it's a, <laughs> a normal tournament. We'll try not to think about the standings and just play. Obviously. Um, yeah, it's it's a good situation. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And of course, we're talking about the Singfield Cup. Singfield Cup coming up. It's actually starting tomorrow. You've had a couple of days rest in between the tournaments. What did you do uh, to rest? What did you do to kind of recover? Do you Did you feel tired at the end of the St. Louis Rapid and Blitz? Or did that adrenaline and, and good feeling about winning the tournament carry over? Yeah, I was certainly a bit tired. But I, I feel okay now. It's a, you know, it's a little bit of a um, adjustment to go to classical chess from yeah. rapid or blitz, certainly from blitz. So now we have a different, totally different type of tournament. Whatever happened in the last tournament is kind of irrelevant. And uh, I mean, also we have new players, right? Yep. Compared to the last tournament, we have Rapport coming in, yep. Duda coming in, Lanier and Levon. Yep. Those are four players who were not playing the Rapid and Blitz. And the players who are continuing to play, um, obviously I am, and Jan, Nepo, uh, Nepomnishi, uh, Ali Reza, Maxim, and Anish. Yep. Am I forgetting someone? Nope. That's it. Anyway. Jan, Ali Reza, Fabiano, Anish, Levon, Wesley, Maxim, Jan Shishtav Duda, Richie. And Lanier, that's the field. Lanier Dominguez, that's the field for the Singfield Cup. Um, one asterisk attached to Richie's name is that he's actually flying in, I think, tomorrow. So tomorrow the tournament starts. Today is the opening ceremony, opening dinner, however you want to call it. But Richie is in Europe. Richie is playing at the European Team Championship. Um, he, um, he just finished with Team Romania. And um, I think today was the last round. I'm not 100% sure when his flight is, but he's not playing the first round at the same time well, he, as no, everybody no, he else. Didn't, he didn't play today. He did not play today. He didn't play. So Okay, because because Romania was, was doing really poorly. Yes, yes, yes. That could be that he, let's say, left yesterday. He gains uh, time mm -hmm. because he's going back, mm -hmm. right? So he gains time in his travel. And yeah, he could... For all I know, he's already here. I mean, I can't tell you for sure. I haven't seen him, but for all I know, he's already here. Initially, the discussions were that he's not playing the first round. I think it was, uh, who was it? Him against uh, Jan? What was that? He's playing Jan because it's it it's a direct uh, copy with colors reversed of the Bucharest Grand Chess Tour event. So I can already tell you the pairings. I, at least I know my own. I play Lanier. Lanier is replacing Dayak. Okay. As a wild card. Mm -hmm. Now, Ding was supposed to play, but he withdrew, so he's replaced by Levon, Aronian. And that means that Ding played Maxime, so Levon plays Maxime. Then Richie and Jan played in the first round. We remember that as sort of like a funny pairing because Richie was the second during the match. Yes. Ding versus Nepo. Yes. So they play. And then the other pairings must be Ferruja was playing Anish was playing Duda, which means that Ferruja must have been playing MVL. Yes. Yes, it must be Ferruja Max. No, wait. Ferruja Wesley. Wait, 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 wait. 
Wait. I oh, know Anish played Duda. Faruja Wesley? Hmm. Didn't I, I say Maxime plays well? Someone? You might have. Okay, I don't know. Anyway, I'm, I'm not good at this. But people are playing <laughs> some other people. That's it. Right. So you're playing uh, Lanier. Okay, that's good. Good to know. But again, the initial discussion was that Jan and uh, Richie are, in fact, going to play during the rest day. Um, which is a bit strange. But we'll see if that actually materializes. At the same time, I have to say, I mean, Richie coming from a very difficult competition. Um, traveling. Jet lagged. And then maybe playing tomorrow. If he plays tomorrow, that's going to be a tour de force. Um, if I would be in Richie's shoes, I would be like, yeah, let's just play during the rest day. Give me one more rest. Let me accommodate with... I mean, is that really so much fun? What? To play during the rest day? Richie is playing with the white pieces. I mean, uh, maybe he can also he can, try to like play safe. He can kill the game, yeah, force draw or something yeah, like that. Yeah, you can probably shut the game down more or less um, in a classical game with the white pieces. So, yeah, yeah, I, I would prefer to do that and have a bit of a rest during the tournament, not play nine games in a row. You might be right. Personally, but yeah, everyone is different. You might be right about that. Yeah, you might be right about that. Yeah, we're, we're going to have to wait and see whether he actually, by not playing today for Romania, uh, took an early flight and will show up tonight and tomorrow. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, so, big in one. In terms yeah. of the European Championship, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'll tell you. Let's talk about that. Sure. Germany won their match today. They were leading with Serbia, but Serbia also won their match today. Which means it comes down to tie breaks. So who will be European champions? Well, either Germany or Serbia. That is guaranteed. Mm -hmm. But which one? I don't know. Let's see. We'll see. Did the chess results get updated? I'm going to check it right now. Um, and in the women's section, by the way, some crazy stuff just happened. Uh, first of all, Bulgaria. Congratulations to my student, uh, Bella Krasteva, who <laughs> she did lose today. Uh, but her team, Bulgaria, won their match against uh, Georgia. They were completely losing. So wait, that means they win, right? They win, yes. Bulgaria wins, yeah? Bulgaria okay, wins. So they're European champions. Yes, yes. They haven't played in a very long time in the European team championships because their federation was yes their federation was complete mess so they were not wait, sending could Azerbaijan no wait Azerbaijan could catch them no 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 they won their match Bulgaria won their but match. they weren't playing Azerbaijan Bulgaria was playing but Bulgaria was ahead Georgia. Bulgaria was ahead on on the scorecards no yes they were half a point ahead team points. oh you're right they were yeah yeah, yeah. You're they right, were you're right. okay so, so that's that's done so that's done won. yeah they won for sure they won for sure so the big question is, I, I don't think it's updated yet. Um, Serbia no, and not. Germany, I they checked were, it. separated by one tiebreak point. I mean, good luck figuring that out. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. We're not going to find out um, before this podcast is over. But anyway, Germany, obviously, amazing tournament for them. Um, and, you know, their leader right now, it's shaping up. And it's obvious that Vincent Keimer is... Um, their leader for the future, current future, uh, leader of the team. So they have a good team and they're yeah, showing good chess for sure. quite a good team. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Keimer is, is a 27.40 now. He's really 27, good. 27.40, right? Or or more. 27.37.9. So that's, that's where he was very lucky yesterday against Etienne. Etienne was winning and then chose to simplify to a perpetual. Very weird decision, I have to say. Um, hmm. So, okay. Keimer's 2739. Other guys are pretty decent. 
Uh, I mean, they're they're pretty good, but they're not obviously not as strong as him. But yeah, Keimer is definitely very promising. 19, 27, 40. More or less same level of uh, current level as Prague and uh, Noter back and so on, right? Yep. Yep. Gukesh. Gukesh. The new generation is here. Um, obviously, the new generation, we've been talking about generations and young promising players. The new generation is definitely here. Uh, Keimer still to have a bad event, um, which is quite, you know, um, it, it shows class on, on, on some degree, right? Because you're just able to not have bad events, not have bad uh, streaks. At some point, it's going to come. But for the moment, he's been very stable. Um, so his ascent has been very smooth, I would say. Um, but yes. Yeah, but you know how these things go. Yeah. It's going to be a bit up and down. Life is not always smooth. But he is, he is very good, yeah, for sure. Life is I just I don't mean that as a negative thing. It's just uh, you're never going to like, okay, maybe, maybe you will. I can't say 100%, but it's very unlikely you're just going to go up, go up, and never, never have setbacks. Well, you went to 2800 pretty quickly. Did you have any setbacks? No, I had many when, setbacks. I, you know. Once you passed um, 2700, did you go back to under 2700? No, no, never. Um, no, I stayed around... Uh, low 2700s but once i once i made the breakthrough i, I stayed there forever <laughs> i never left um so once i got to 27 once i got to top 10 I, I stayed in top 10 with like two brief moments of uh one was last year actually <laughs> <laughs> but it was quite brief so well, hopefully that stays singfield cup um let's chat about that for just a second expectations or you're not going in this one with any expectations um calculations for the candidates as well obviously we've discussed this in previous episodes uh it's wesley and firuja separated by a bit more than 10 points 10.8 points right now and uh anish in fact is also closely behind but he might get the grand uh, grand prix the points um sorry what what do you mean anish might get the the grand prix yeah yeah the circuit points, right, right? The, circuit. the circuit yes yes the circuit and then wesley and firuja are fighting i guess for the rating spot right now no um, but also wesley's fighting for the circuit so it's an interesting um interesting race how are his chances in the circuit Wesley's, not so great yeah well, well, let's say he has he has to do well here and anish has to not do well yeah that's so if anish gets like 50 percent, and wesley gets plus First. one or plus two it's it's a question that's that's the question if anish gets a minus and wesley gets plus one then possibly he can okay so so his lowest is 1359 yes he is he is um 0. 0.16 0.31 0.47 uh 5.47 points away okay it's kind of random so we don't know exactly we can't calculate it exactly because it's all these decimals and stuff but but he's 5.47 points away what he actually gets if he improves 13.59 if he gets plus two and anish gets 50 percent or minus one it's definitely a shot that he passes him check this one out though there's another tournament that just popped up 
in the last few days, maybe a week. The London Chess Classic is back, and that gives Gukesh another shot at the Grand Prix points as well. Uh, did you see the lineup? Um, yeah, I, I saw most of the players. I didn't see all Gukesh, of them. Gukesh, Vityukov, Tabata Bay, or Tabata Boy, uh, Mickey Adams, Volokiting, Hans will be back as well, Bartel, Musard, McShane, and uh, Royal. Okay, this Friends. is actually very funny because <laughs> Royal is like 220 rating points behind uh, the closest, which is uh, Luke McShane. At least to the ratings in November, um, the ones the, that are posted. So it's a very funny looking lineup. Yeah, okay. So so one more thing I want to say. Shreyas's rating does not calculate towards the average rating for the FIDE circuit. Because mm. I believe it's only the top eight okay. that are calculated. Okay. So he and Luke, who's 26-26, will be uh, removed from the average rating. So the highest is Gukesh. Yes. Actually, maybe not officially. Maybe Vidyuko is the highest now, right? Maybe. Probably in December 1st he will be, yes. But anyway, so uh, Gukesh, Vidyuko, Hans, 26, like 60, 70. Mm-hmm. Uh, many guys around. Amin is probably around 2,700. Mm-hmm. So okay, I think or if he wins this, then he'll probably get over twenty. But I'm not sure if much over twenty. Let me see if like there's some uh, comparable classical event and see how many points that got. So the rating average is somewhere around twenty six seventy eight right now with the current ratings. I've just done the quick math. Let's okay, say so wait, that what, what drops a little bit. What would be a comparable tournament? Like Dusseldorf tournament, right? The WR Masters was that, probably stronger than that. Stronger, for so sure. You can't use that to compare. No. Uh, Doha could be similar? Yes, maybe. Jermuk could be similar. Sam Sevian got 15.63 for winning that. Um, maybe that's a bit weaker. Okay. Charger? Okay. Charger? So so let's say he's gonna get how many points? Seventeen points. Let's let's put it at seventeen. The thing is, if he gets seventeen, he barely improves his score okay. because he gets one extra point. He does not catch on. Okay. He needs to get five more points uh, to catch on, more or less. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A bit less than five. Yeah. So he needs to get twenty points plus. He needs to get a twenty to twenty-one point. And that's if Anish does not improve. Oh no! Sorry, sorry. His his lowest is not the World Cup. No, his lowest is twelve point two two. So he needs to get seventeen point something. So it's probably sorry. around there. I mean, the organizers must have known um, that he needs a certain average or a certain. Um, why would they care score? about that? No, I'm just. Uh, why why would they care? Well, I, I I guess there there's some talks that this is a this is an event specially created um, for Gukesh. I don't know if that's the case. But no, come on, why, you don't why think that's the case? That? Yeah? It's an event held in London. The London Classic has existed for many years in some form or another. They just got back uh, this year. It's a mix of like, I mean, why would they why would they do that? Like, I don't know. Does he have some ties to? 
well, to a classic like that. Not that I know, right? I think it's also a way to try to incentivize him to to play in it, to accept the no, invitation. Definitely, like it, they could have thought it's an interesting time to get a tournament because they can probably without like a huge budget get a very strong tournament together. Yeah. No, that's usually, that's that's what I'm saying. Know. I mean, I I think they they worked it around so that they can incentivize him to play or to accept the invitation, if that makes sense. But they wouldn't be reliant on him, like no, no. Of if course they wanted to, he's a 27-20 player. Of course, he's definitely a very attractive player to have because he's so young. But like, they could definitely have gotten other 27-20 players because it's not like like uh, invitations are are ripe. You know, it's not like there's like if they ask Sindaro or. I don't know, but uh, way, he, like, he, they can definitely get some players of that rating. Yes, but comparable in terms of hype, in terms of uh, eyes that he's bringing to the tournament, I think for the rating that he got or around that uh, rating uh, area, I think he's pretty much the, the top prospect. Um, just for the simple he's, fact that he's bringing he's a lot of hype, he's bringing a lot of uh, viewers, uh, everybody is excited to see him play. No, the thing is that also, yeah, besides that, I, I do agree he's an exciting player. But besides that, if Anish doesn't have like a tremendous tournament in Singfield, let's say he stays the same, 84.31 points, then the tournament gets a lot of renewed interest because it's so um, relevant for the candidates. So maybe they don't even care like if Google Cash makes it or not, but he adds an element of interest from that other point of view. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Which I'm like, I would follow it with much greater interest just because of that right absolutely yeah completely agree with you yeah 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 no and then um, we'll see. very exciting one so we'll see it's still up in the air but anish is is the is somewhat of a favorite he's it's, i don't know what percent what odds he'll have but he definitely has some odds i'm very excited about the sinkful cup uh it's going to be an exciting one all right um we now have a not yet sponsored um <laughs> section of the podcast I, I think we just thought about it before the podcast uh, started uh, being recorded uh, you came up with this idea we're going to read some reddit comments or reddit posts and we're going to analyze them um i think people I are see nothing mostly... interesting recently okay here's <laughs> one that's interesting all right tell me i haven't even read have. through this what do you have so the reason it's interesting Prague destroys Nihal in over the board blitz. Okay. So now there's going to be. So, okay, to give us some context, Prognanta beat Nihal 7.5, 2.5 yes. in a 10 game over the board blitz match in um, in in India, I guess. I yes, guess. I yes, know. yes. It was in India. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, it was in Kerala. Mm -hmm. well, why is it called the Che International? Like, why would they name it after Che Guevara? That's actually a very good. <laughs> Wait, it consists of junior question. tournaments, matches with Nihal, Prague, Narinan, and Cuban players. Mm -hmm. And then there will be a Kerala versus Cuba team event. Okay, this is random. Okay. A little bit random. Okay. So then people discuss. All right. Uh, I don't know why this would be an interesting thread, but maybe. What well, people say? we're looking for Nihal is washed type of comments. Because that's what we usually get. Um, yeah, but okay. When when somebody loses in chess in general, Reddit is going to be like, oh yeah, Magnus is washed, Fabi's washed. 
Uh, no, but okay, ten blitz game. Like, who cares? To be honest, I'm I've lost interest already. Okay, it's, not very. No, it's like it's an interesting. It shows how strong Prague is, of course, because Nihal's very good. But from uh, an interest point of view, I don't really see the interest. Yes, like it's it's a, it's a short blitz match. They for these blitz matches, they should make them longer. They should make them like, you know, um, I don't know. Okay, I have one. Games. I have one for you. Games, yeah? I have one for you. Okay, but should we talk about uh, Vladimir and his recent? That's the question. Do I have people not want to hear us talk about cheating again. Absolutely, but I have not watched it. Have you watched it? Uh, I'm afraid not. That's the problem. Um, I did not watch it. It's it's a long video. It's an hour and twenty minutes, I think. I did see some people analyze it, um, but I have not watched it. What caught my eye, though, was that Levon um, reacted to it and he sort of endorsed um, this idea that there might be a lot of cheating in chess. Um, so that could be interesting. He endorsed? What do you mean ignores? No, no, endorsed. Oh, endorsed. Yes. Okay, but I mean, it's obvious there's a lot of cheating in online chess. Like, what are we... Are we kidding? No. Well, there's a lot of uh, commenters... Uh, and, and, okay. and I mean, no, it's funny because they're like, uh, you know, mocking Kramnik because he's not a mathematician or me because I'm like 50%. They're like, <laughs> right. Uh, you know, you, you don't know anything about numbers and you're delusional, but yeah, these guys also don't know anything about this. No, I mean, like, why would they, it's just weird to me that someone with at least some, like, I'm not a mathematician, but at least I know about chess, right? And then there's someone who knows neither about mathematics nor chess that's like, well, you don't know about mathematics, but if you don't know about either one, then why are you weighing in on this yourself? Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's, uh, but okay, I, I agree. It's, you can't make sweeping conclusions based on, you know, vibes or, or whatever, like your general, I can make my own personal opinion. I can form that based on uh, some feeling I get, but of course I'm not going to say, you know, ban all people because uh, I feel like there's cheating. But the fact that everyone, every chess player feels like there's a significant cheating problem, uh, or at least everyone that I've spoken to, shows that there's probably is something. I mean, it is is the mass delusion event? Like, probably not, right? Uh, probably that, not. That's my feeling. Mass uh, psychosis. Um, I guess, uh, yeah, have, have all chess players gone off uh, off the deep end yeah, maybe we're all paranoid but um, I, I don't think so I, I do think that there is a serious online cheating and and what Danny said um, he said 3% is their estimate now I, I respect uh, Danny's opinion I think that he actually knows quite a lot about this and he I, I believe probably knows more about me um, sorry more than me about this uh, so like I can't say that I'm more of an expert than him, mm -hmm. but I think I'm maybe a little bit more um, like I don't have as much stake in it because I'm not, I'm kind of distanced. Like if I, if I want to not play title Tuesday or something, I can stay away from it and it's not going to affect me so much. So I feel like I can, even though maybe I have less data on hand, I, I do have um, perhaps a clear, clear picture. So his 3%, I don't feel like it's correct. Now, mm -hmm. my 
that was a bit uh I kind of threw that out there. I won't agree. Uh, <laughs> you were like unhinged. <laughs> as as no, some it, writers called it's, you, it's just you a general unhinged. thing. Like when I say 50%, it could be 40%. It could be 60%. I don't really know. The, yeah. I'm, I'm just kind of giving you a kind of broad strokes that I, I think it's very serious. 50% is, 50% is just to say that. I think that it's much more serious than 3%. And I would significantly um, guess that it's significantly more than 10%. And yeah. if it's 25%, I don't know. I mean, 25% is still completely game-breaking. Uh, so now then the other question was, are we talking about uh, all players in Title Tuesday? Are we talking about all Grandmasters? Are we talking about only the players that I specifically might play against, which might be a 2650 average? What are we talking about? Now, I kind of meant all players because I get this feeling that in the first round, I play someone who almost always outplayed me with almost no fail. Like, I just get outplayed. And they could be 2,200 players. They could be 2,300. They're... It, it can happen that a 22 or 2,300 player outplays me. Mm -hmm. But that it happens all the time is very unlikely, I would argue. And if it's not unlikely, then I think that my uh, FIDE Blitz rating is kind of ridiculous. Like, you can't be 2800 and always get bad positions against 2200s it can't it does wouldn't work right so now that's why i think that the kind of guys i play at the start they might cheat you know for like a few moves here and there and that makes them capable to outplay me and then maybe they scrape a draw maybe they lose maybe they like i i've, I've seen title tuesdays where i lose the first game to a 2200 and then the guy just leaves and not mm. that he's banned mm -hmm. Because I check later, like he's still playing a week later, but he just leaves the tournament. Yeah. So what kind of player is that? You have the game of your life, you beat someone 600 points higher than you, and you decide that's enough for today. <laughs> okay. okay, it can happen. But this is like, this weird stuff just doesn't happen over the board. And then when I play later on, I play some guys who um, I also, let's say they're grandmasters, I'm also a little bit suspicious of them. Uh, I've played people who have retired for the last 20 years. Like I've checked, they haven't played a single over the board game in 20 years. They beat, like one guy beat me four out of the last five games. He hasn't played a single over the board game in over 15 years. Uh, at his peak, he was hundreds of points lower rated than me. Now, can he beat me four out of five times? Yeah, of course, anything can happen. What are the odds that it happens? The player still plays. He's not banned, I, I know. Uh like it's just so many players like this. I mean, I, I can I can just rattle off examples from my own games. Yeah. If you ask any other player, they can also rattle off examples from their own games. This guy is weird. This guy always beats me. Uh, so on and so forth. Uh, is this scientific? No, of course not. But uh, definitely, you can see why it would paint a picture for me personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I can give you a recent example from a collegiate event. Um, in which one of my players, uh, who's a grandmaster, made a draw against the 1500, and then the 1500 lost every single game afterwards before just leaving the tournament. And he was just simply not bad. Like, uh, they did tell me that if fair play, uh, the fair play team uh, reviews it and has enough proof to, to do something about it, that he will get refunded um, during the event, the full point. And in the end, it was they didn't have enough proof to, to to ban the guy, 
and to give him the full point. But I mean, I'll just what fifteen hundred draw, draws in like perfect manner against a GM and then loses every single uh, game against two uh, thousands. I mean, it just simply doesn't happen. I'll give you some context because I've I don't have much experience playing against let's say a fifteen hundred rated player, but I do have some. Like I, I have given a few lessons over the course of my um, career. I coached two guys. I would estimate they were around fourteen to fifteen hundred. Mm-hmm. I play against queen odds with them without uh, without my queen against them, and I will consistently beat them. And I think that will be the same for. I don't even think this is like twenty six or twenty eight hundred or whatever. It's like any grandmaster will probably be able to to achieve something like this. Uh, the the difference is so massive. It it's. Like you might think, oh yeah, fifteen hundred, twenty five hundred, maybe there's a you know one in a hundred. It's it's not like that. It's it's one in thousands of games that that this player might take off like a half point. Yeah, um, it, it just doesn't just happen. Doesn't happen. It, the, the difference in skill is too big. Twenty five hundred, twenty eight hundred. Like the as the ratings increase, the skill gap in, uh, decreases. Uh, just like if you have between let's say fifteen hundred and a five hundred. The 1500 will win a million out of a million games because the 500 will just blunder all their pieces. Yeah. So the skill gap is much more massive the lower you go because, um, like you, the fundamentals are the most important thing. Don't blunder pieces, you know, <laughs> don't blunder checkmate in a few moves, this sort of thing, right? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. It's basically like a, a, a number one in tennis plays against number 100. Obviously, number 100 can occasionally win. Number one player or like number 100 plays against uh, an overweight dad that just woke up. Um, he's going to kill him every single time, right? There, there are zero chances that the overweight dad is going to get any games out of the top 100 player. That's basically... A 1500 playing against the grandmaster it never happens so so i'll just ask you a question so who is this jujitsu guy who is uh like the best in the world or one of the best in the world uh right now considered gordon ryan the guy that's yes that's uh, that's what i'm thinking of yes he has white hair yes 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 so i saw a video where he was wrestling the mountain correct and i think that the weight difference is probably 200 to 220 pounds difference no way no, the mountain is like, like what, 350 pounds now? Yeah, but the guy is like 225 at least, 230, Gordon Ryan. So, okay, so if he's like 400 pounds or, or over 400, like what does the mountain weigh? Between 150 and 200 pounds difference, yes, yes. Something yes, like that. Okay, yes, it's basically yes. a full person, uh, <laughs> either a medium size to a large. Either a Fabi or a Christian, yes, difference. Yeah, something like that. Uh, so basically you would think the physical difference is too big for there to be a contest when they're grappling on the ground, right? Yeah. And the guy was just, like, submitting the mountain. Yeah. Wait, just... was it the mountain or was that was it that other strong man? No, no, it, it, it was definitely the mountain. Um, I think he did it with other strong men also. Yeah, maybe he also. Like, when you have an untrained person versus a trained person, the skill difference is too massive. Now, if you gave the mountain proper training eventually i mean of course there's no chance right but uh even these like massive massive differences just um okay it's not it's not a perfect correlation between that and like it's not a perfect analogy between that and chess of course because but a a 500 rated player is completely untrained a 1500 is very minimally trained a 2500 is one of the best players in the world yeah that's just how it is so uh 
to have to have someone who doesn't take chess seriously versus one of the best players in the world and they just compete on equal terms is unthinkable uh it would happen it would be like one in yeah one in several thousand chance that it happens even one time and a chess game is a long process it's not like you play one good move <laughs> i mean you have to yeah. play like 40 50 good moves right yeah yeah so, no i mean that's 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 the way it happened and actually <laughs> because of that half a point we shared first as a team instead of winning it outright this was national championship so um it, it, it does happen at the highest levels and and at the levels with the highest stakes as well because it's just very difficult to um to prove 100 percent that somebody has cheated um and until they solve that issue it, it's just yeah it's just going to be persistent um but okay okay let's yeah. discuss kramnik's theory okay yes his theory is that there are certain players who okay i kind of have like on reddit someone posted more or less you have the table right um, in front of you a summary so kramnik's goal is to check if good players who play and win prizes regularly have higher performance in a round 11 when they have a chance to get a prize compared to uh, previous rounds data 18 players each having played around 40 tournaments in the past year mm-hmm. average performance of every player of every player in every round of the seven to ten rounds versus the 11 round their performance in round 11 versus previous rounds seven to ten and in round 11 they have a chance to get a prize so or they don't so there's a lot of different numbers but various players, I believe it was 12 out of 18 players, 12 cases with um, where the players were performing 200 points higher in round 11 compared to round 7 to 10. Six players, I guess, who did not uh, perform better. I only and see three Kramnik's, of them in, in the table. Kramnik's explanation is that... Um, it's uh, it's cheating, right? He's saying it's impossible for this to happen and it's cheating. And so there are two players with negative difference who play worse in round 11 compared to round 7 to 10. Himself, he uses himself, and Faruja. Mm-hmm. Other, other 16 names will at some point be revealed. This is still, we don't have names. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We don't have the names. Okay, that's good. We just have player one. Player one. Round 7 to 10 performance, 3,079. Round 11 performance when there's a chance of a prize, 3,275. 11th round when there's no chance of a prize, 3,001. Player 2, 7 to 10, 3,031. 11th when you have a chance of a prize, 3,224. 11th when you, he doesn't have a chance of a prize, or she. We, we're not gonna, we don't know who the player is, so we don't assume who, um, what sex they are. 2962, uh, player three, same uh, 200 points higher. Yeah, so I'm looking at the numbers. Almost all have a higher perform. Okay, again, we can't, we can't say what this means. There are three players who have a negative performance. Player 16, 17, 18. Mm-hmm. And there are, uh, wait, how many players is this? This is 18 players, yeah? 
Yes. So there are this is three. in Title... We're talking Title Tuesday, by the way. The, this, title Tuesday. These numbers are from Title Tuesday. For example, there's one player who has a difference of 12 points. Yes. Um, between round 7 and 11 and rounds, uh, round 7 and 10 and rounds 11. 12 points is, of course, nothing. 32 points, one player, also not too shocking. Three players, minus 104, minus 108, minus 143. And the top player... Difference of 196 points. Second difference of 193. Third difference of 186. I don't know what this all means, but uh, it is it is a possibility that players cheat in critical games. It's possible. Uh, yeah, it's impossible. Yeah, yeah. And again, I think it's very important it's... that Kramnik is doing this because uh, really, it's nobody wants to start this discussion. You get mocked for it. You get branded as a sore loser or you know, washed up uh, yep. old man who's shouting, at, you know, at the windmills mm-hmm. or fighting windmills, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay, he obviously cares about it. So I think he's doing important work. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I tend to agree with that. And Levon tends to agree with that as well. Uh, let me see if I can find his exact tweet. I watched Kramnik's latest video on the subject of online cheating titled Tuesday tournaments and I think the method to determine foul play is solid. It actually reminded me of a segment I've read in a book titled Freakonomics about sumo. Easy money tempts way too many people. Yeah, it's all about the easy money that tempts too many people. That's a very good point uh, he makes. The incentive is there. Uh, the way to get that incentive, that price is quite easy. Um, and for a lot of these players is very significant, um, maybe life-changing money at times. Um, so that's, yeah, it's going to be very difficult to argue against that. Um, especially if you're coming from, I don't know, Eastern Europe or some, something like that. If you manage to pull together $10,000, $20,000 out of, uh, per year out of cheating in title Tuesdays, which is not easy. You have to win a lot of title Tuesdays. But let's say $5,000, $7,000. That's quite significant. Um, a lot of people in Eastern Europe make $1,000 per month and they are able to survive. So uh, the incentives are definitely there. Yeah, yeah, the incentive is there. The incentive might not just be um, money for sure. I think for some people, the incentive is just feeling good. You beat someone, it's, you know, win um i've played other games besides chess like <laughs> not very meaningful games but there is in every game uh, a lot of competitiveness people just want to win there's nothing riding on it uh, and very often people do cheat in other games as well anyone who has played a game will know that there's always someone who's trying to find a workaround or some way to get ahead mm-hmm. and i don't I, why would chess be special it doesn't make sense so people when you ask why would you cheat there's no money involved First of all, sometimes there is, but even besides that, um, just the desire to win or even the desire not to lose, the pain that comes with losing is probably enough incentive for people to do stuff that's unfair. Now, will they do it all the time? Probably not. Usually if they do it all the time, they get banned or almost always. Uh, Will they do it in a critical game? Maybe. But also, will they do it just because they don't want to lose at that particular moment? Their emotions are just like, I really... I've lost two games in a row. I hate losing. This guy's beating me. 
let's just, you know, turn it on for a second. And I'm pretty sure that in a Blitz game, if you feel like you're losing and then you turn the engine on for, for like two, three moves, you start to win like instantly. I mean, the the mistakes are so severe that you don't really need much time. You just need to like turn it on for two moves in a random game and then you just start to win. Um, and I say that because look at any of the games I just played in the St. Louis event. Against Ferugia, for example, uh, I'm losing, it's a draw, uh, I'm winning within the space of like two moves. And we are actually pretty good at calculating chess. And that's what the mistakes that we make. If you go, And that was without time trouble. Once you get into time trouble, literally every move is a blunder. Mm -hmm. It's it's kind of shocking. Like people just can't play with, with no time. I mean, sometimes it happens. There are occasions when Hikaru or Magnus, they play very well with no time. But usually you have blunder after blunder after blunder. It, it, even the most mild case of cheating would turn a strong player into a great player, would turn an average player into a good player, and so on. It's not, uh, this is not shocking stuff. This is just like, if you play chess, you kind of know this. If you've worked at engines, you know this. Yeah. And I think uh, that that was our Reddit rant for today. We're uh, somewhat siding with um, the sometimes uh, uh, technically dubious ways in which uh, Vladimir makes his assessments, but we do believe there's some some strength to it as well. So um, I think it's... Well, okay, I have to say, uh, the people on Reddit, they did see the value, at least many of them. Some of them and... did, yes. Yes, he's starting to receive some praise. At the beginning, it was, as you mentioned, just old men screaming at technology. Um, but right now, they're starting to kind of see the light. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that it's it's kind of undeniable that some something is wrong. I mean, the extent, 50%, 20%, as Denny says, 3%, I, I would say that's definitely on the low end. Something's wrong. To be honest, even three percent is pretty serious, uh, but but I, I feel like that is the that would be the absolute best scenario. That is three percent. That would be so unlikely in my view. Now I, I'm not. I have nothing against uh, chess.com. In fact, I, I like chess.com a lot, and that's why I kind of want there to be no cheating because I, I want to play in events on chess.com without worrying that that uh, there's a cheating problem yeah i would really like to see online chess i think it's great people can play chess from all around the world with anyone they want i just think that it needs to be clean otherwise it's worse it's more harm than good and i think chess.com does like a great job in general of trying to get ahead of it it's like i've told i've told danny many times i i don't envy his position like i i don't want to be in the position of trying to stop this because i know how difficult it is but he he is kind of the the one who's in that position, right? He's the uh, one of, I guess, many people who are trying to combat this problem. So uh, I think the first step is definitely to acknowledge that the problem is pretty serious. And then what we have to do, that that part I don't know. But, um, but I think there are ways around it to start with, I think, very serious uh, uh, deterrence, lifelong bans, um, are a good way to start <laughs> a lifelong ban for one cheating a one cheating incident is not extreme in my from the website not from like um you know we're not asking to imprison people but from the website 
Mm-hmm. I don't think that that's too extreme. And then maybe in like two years we can review the case or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do think that, and maybe some other things. Uh, you know, also maybe AI might might improve at some point. That AI can detect more readily if something is going wrong in uh, in a game. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think a good first step is also to just not diminish the merits of um, of of this train of thought and 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 these worries, and not uh, diminish it and call it uh, undeserved paranoia. And all the top layers are paranoid things of that nature and i've seen that um by some um, people with some influence in the chess world as well so obviously this is not something to joke about um well it is to joke about but it has to be addressed it's an ongoing process and um yeah i think we're all working towards the same goal uh, which is to make chess more enjoyable and clean Uh, it's very important to keep chess clean uh, and it's not going to be an easy task for sure yeah definitely not cool and you did mention jujitsu we will leave this podcast with uh my experience at the jujitsu tournament that was yesterday it was good i made weight so i somewhat managed to starve myself and i did not actually starve myself at all but uh, i ate twice uh cut carbs sugar and alcohol slept very well focused on my sleeping um and that got me to 176 on the dot on competition day which was the required weight so i managed to make weight that was my first and only victory in the tournament (laughs) uh the jujitsu didn't go very well i'm happy with the way i performed i'm not happy with the results i lost one game in uh by ref's decision so the points were equal ref's decision in one of them and and a couple of them i got submitted from uh, better positions so i had better positions that's what kind of pisses me off i was on top i was scoring well um and i allowed myself to 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 get submitted but it was fun it was good and i think i'm gonna do it again so um that's about it yeah i think i actually like watching it it's uh, it's fun to watch i don't think i'd ever do it um really it's fun to watch that's interesting because yeah i like watching it i it's i don't really understand very much i'm not that's but i like watching it that's my problem i i feel like it's almost like chess if you don't have at least an understanding of what you have to do um it, it, it looks very foreign it looks very alien uh but yeah but what i what i like is that when i see like i, I sometimes watch videos where it's like a, a pro explaining things to someone who's not very practiced and then you see how good they are it's uh it's remarkable yeah like you don't see it when it's maybe two guys who are who are equal strength right but when you see someone who doesn't know what they're doing versus someone who knows what they're doing it's just like the amazing the the difference the skill difference so that makes me appreciate um i felt like whenever i get whenever i know a bit more about the sport it makes me appreciate like for example tennis once i started to play and i realized how uh, how difficult i mean of course i understood how difficult it was but just realized how everything is so difficult yeah it makes you um appreciate even like the basic things more but then when they actually do the superhuman stuff you're like how is this uh how is this possible yeah i mean it's uh it's like magic but yeah that's um the, the reason i would never do it is because i really don't want someone someone's hands like smothering me and choking me out and 
um, it doesn't seem too pleasant. It's not fun. No, no, no. It's it, it's not pleasant. There, there's a lot of pressure for sure. Um, but yeah, good challenge. Had a lot of fun. I'm going to do it again. And um, maybe one day we'll get you into a class. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe we'll get you into a class. Well, one lesson, like, like, like the mountain. Maybe we'll meet with Gordon Ryan. And okay, but the mountain is actually like, he's, he's he's gonna give I you mean, a he's a natural right, at any sport. I mean, I I'm not so. Maybe we'll see. <laughs> anyway, um, good luck tomorrow, Fabi. Um, I think this one is going to come before our second part of the Singfield Cup video. So keep an eye on out for that. That one is going to come out shortly. If you've enjoyed the first three games, you're definitely going to enjoy the last four. So uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, to record as well don't forget we do have a running promotion for that one um, i don't even think you know that we have a running promotion for that one but there it is the best comment out of uh, those two videos on youtube this is a youtube exclusive it's not going to be on any podcast uh, platforms because it just has too much analysis um the best comment is going to win a signed copy of this book. It's called the Singfield Cup book. Um, it's a cool book. Big. What, what a uh, imaginative title. Oh. Yeah, it's the Singfield Cup book celebrating five years. This is a, a book released in 2017. Between 2013 and 2017, it includes, uh, obviously, the um, 2014 edition that we are covering so i think it's a very very good gift for any chess lover whether you get it right now before the holidays or later on this is going to be signed by the both of us and um, i think it's going to be a cool gift so don't forget to leave your comments in those two videos uh the best comment will win it all right that's about it fabi go uh enjoy your final rest day before the beginning of the sinkfield cup I still think you have a couple of things to do today, but uh, we will I'm let you go. Late. <laughs> you are late. Let's go. All right. Uh, I'll let you go. We'll see you tomorrow right. at the same time. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Right. Cheers, guys.